So what I want to talk to you tonight about is day O. Day O. And what I need to ask of you is that I need a lot of participation tonight. So I got one volunteer and hopefully we'll pick up a few others as we go. All right, so please, I would prefer really just to be sitting in a circle. So if you could imagine us sitting in a circle and just sharing time together, that's the way I prefer it. Um, I'm not a big fan of, of being up here and everybody staring at me. But I want to talk about Deo. And I think, did you ask a question, Natalie? You did when I said that? I thought you said, what's that mean? Didn't you say that? I just thought it was a song. Oh, Dale. Yeah. Dale. I don't, I don't think it's the same, but I'm not sure. So, that'd be a good place to start, though. Somebody can ask the question. Thanks for asking. It means bound. B-O-U-N-D, bound. Uh, verb, to bind. So before we go any further, what are you thinking already? What, when we just bring that word up, Deo probably didn't evoke any uh, emotion from you, but that's the, the Greek word that translate to our word bound so when you hear bound or bind or constrained what thoughts do you have remember we're sitting in a circle sharing time you're comfortable i'm comfortable i originally thought of something negative and then i thought of something positive i thought of the times that i was bound to my guilt and shame because of my behavior and then immediately went to that now I am, as a new creation, I am bound in Christ. That's good. Chris? I was going to say something very similar. Death, sin, each bound. Yeah. Salita. That's cool. I just thought held back. Held back? Okay. That's basically what I was thinking. I was just thinking like um, more in depth on the negative side of just like um, when you're bound to something, I just picture chains. I don't know, maybe like in a jail cell and like every time you try and get up it just like yanks you back. It's like you're bound. It's like you try to free yourself, but you're bound to it. Yeah. Hold back. What else? 
<laughs> I will. Uh, verse 20 and uh, 22. Actually, I'm going to make some other people participate. Who's, who's got uh, a sword there? Would be willing to read. Acts 20, 22. Let's read a couple different versions. So somebody give me a version. Let's read it. Acts 20, 22. And this is... Uh, We'll just go ahead. You want me to read it? Are you good? You say verse 22. Mm-hmm. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. What version? Compelled okay. by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll be so bound. New, New King James, and I see now, and see now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. King James and New King James both say bound in the Spirit. Anybody else got another translation? It's ESV different. says, And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there. Constrained by the Spirit. So this is Paul speaking, and we're going to look at this a little closer. Paul's talking to a group of folks that have gathered around him at the end of his third missionary journey, pleading him, begging him, uh, not to continue to Jerusalem. And uh, he's insisting that I don't know what lies ahead, and it's probably bad, but I'm bound in the Spirit. I'm compelled by the Spirit, I'm constrained by the Spirit. To go. And he was told this back in chapter 9, which was at the point of his uh, conversion. And I looked at the timelines a little bit because it just amazes me. You know, we get into Acts, and if, and if you haven't, man, just do, do it. There's 28 chapters, I think, in Acts, and just take a month and just read a chapter a day. But read Acts, it's unbelievable. And when you get and you read it, it's just like the cliff notes. It's like all the action scenes. It's like all your all your favorite movies and just cut this, the best scenes out and, and insert them so you're just watching the highlight reel. But it's a lot of time from Acts 9 to Paul's arrival in Jerusalem and, and ultimately into Rome. Because I think he was uh, around 30 According to the most studies information, he was around 30 at Damascus Road. And in his first journey, wasn't like really the next chapter as we read it. You know, he didn't just immediately Damascus Road and then off to his first journey. It was around 13 years that go by. So he's now 43-ish. And then he takes three journeys, and you can read about those stories and a little bit of relational tension along the way that we've been talking about. And he creates a lot of it, a lot. And he was creating a lot of it before, but in a different way. Uh, but he arrives in Jerusalem, and that's uh, about 13 years later at the end of his third journey. So. 
talking about we're talking about Paul's ministry from Damascus Road to uh, Jerusalem and then he leaves Jerusalem and has to go to Rome and is imprisoned there it's roughly 26 years so just kind of keep that in mind too because really the the point I want to get to uh, is that we're all we're all bound we're all being compelled once we're in the family of Christ then he he purposes us through his love to be vessels of that you know and uh, there's going to be good and there's going to be bad and there's going to be times of, of easy and we can if you just read and pay attention to that through Acts it'll say you know Paul settled there for three days and we don't read a lot about what's going on but I just see Paul being refreshed by the Christians there for, for a little bit of time before he moves or it says Paul rests for two weeks or three weeks or at one point like three years you know it's high packed action film when we read the stories of Acts and think about Paul and one story and one city to the next and uh, pitchforks and torches and beatings uh, but it's not that every day you know and we if you think about it in our own journeys we have those days of torches and pitchforks and but we also have those days of, of rest and being surrounded by those people that, that love us and and being um, renewed and it takes all of that to to go on our journeys you go back to Acts 9 and Ananias is having his discussion with the Lord as he's heard that uh, Paul's been converted but God wants Ananias to go and have that first conversation with Paul who's got the letters remember Mike was talking about the letters that the letters that give him approval to just knock you over the head if you're a Christian but Ananias a Christian is supposed to go talk to Paul about his conversion and what he's supposed to do so it says go for Saul as my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as to the people of Israel and I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake and Ananias delivers that message to Paul you figure was there any way Paul could have a, a accurate perception or thought about what that suffering would look like I just can't imagine that he had any idea what was ahead of him and, and, and my thought is that you know as he's he spends 13 years in teaching and learning and then he's ready to go out with Silas on the first journey and I think it's Cyprus is their first stop I'm thinking maybe that even when he got to Cyprus and maybe taught his first lesson, he thought, well, maybe that's a wrap. You know? And then however God compelled him, he's like, nope, I'm still bound by the Spirit. I'm moving to the next one. And on and on. And sometimes it was a peaceful entering and sometimes he left town being chased out of town or beaten out of town, flogged. You know, as they... Um, I'm going to go back over here to... 20 Acts 20 
Picking up in verse 20, Paul saying, I never shrink back from telling you what you needed to hear, either publicly or in your homes. I have had one message for Jews and Greeks alike, the necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God and of having faith in our Lord Jesus. Man, that short little clip has got him in so much trouble and caused so much grief in his life and so much turmoil, so much physical pain. But he continues to carry that message. He says, And now I'm bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me, except the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. And he's still willing. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. And now I know that none of you to whom I have preached the kingdom will ever see me again. I declare today that I have been faithful. If anyone suffers eternal death, it's not my fault, for I didn't shrink from declaring all that God wants you to know. So guard yourselves and God's people, feed and shepherd God's flocks, His church, purpose, purchased with His own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. I know that false teachers like vicious wolves will come in among you after I leave, not sparing the flock. Even some men from your own group will rise up, distort the truth and other in order to draw a following. Watch out. Remember the three years I was with you, my constant watch and care over your day and night and my many tears for you. And now I entrust you to God and the message of his grace that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance with all those he has set apart for himself. I have never coveted anyone's silver or gold or fine clothes. You know that these hands of mine have worked to supply my own needs and even the needs of those who were with me. I've been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It's more blessed to give than to receive. When he had finished speaking, he knelt and prayed with them. They all cried as they embraced him and kissed him goodbye. They were sad, most of all, because he had said that they would never see him again. And they escorted him down to the ship. If you keep reading, um, he gathers with another group. They come and pray over him. The Spirit's telling him, telling the group to tell Paul to, to don't go, don't keep going to Jerusalem. But he keeps on going. And he arrives in Jerusalem and luckily for him, he's arrested. Um, he got to the temple. And I'm picking up here in 21, Acts 21, 27. It says, Paul in the temple roused a mob against him. They grabbed him, yelling, Men of Israel, help us. This is the man who preaches against our people everywhere and tells everybody to disobey the Jewish laws. He speaks against the temple and even defiles this holy place by bringing in Gentiles. The whole city was rocked by these accusations, and a great riot followed. Paul was grabbed and dragged out of the temple, and immediately the gates were closed behind him. They were trying to kill him. Word reached the commander of the Roman regiment that all Jerusalem was in an uproar. He immediately called out his soldiers and officers and ran down among the crowd. And when the mob saw the commander and the troops coming, they stopped beating Paul. Then the commander arrested him and ordered him 
bound with two chains. He asked the crowd who he was and what he had done. People started shouting stuff. It says, uh, in all the uproar and confusion, the commander ordered Paul be taken to the fortress. As Paul reached the stairs, the mob grew so violent, the soldiers had to lift him to uh, their shoulders to protect him. And the crowd followed behind him, shouting, kill him, kill him. And as Paul was about to be taken inside, he said to the commander, may I have a word with you? (laughs) Do you know the Greek? The commander asked, surprised. Aren't you the Egyptian? And Paul, he goes on thinking Paul's one person. He said, no. Paul replied, I'm a Jew and a citizen of Tarsus in Sicilia, which is an important city. Please, let me talk to these people. So the commander agreed. And so Paul stood on the stairs and motioned to the people to be quiet. And soon a deep silence enveloped the crowd and he addressed them in their own language. It's just crazy to me to think about his, his in-tuneness with the Holy Spirit from chapter 9 of Acts and through his journeys and even to this point of telling him um, Paul, I need you to go to Jerusalem and it's, it's not going to be pretty. And he's able to do it still with a heart for the message. You know, still with a heart and with an intent and with a priority to deliver the message. To quiet the crowd that's screaming, kill him, kill him. It's like, simmer down. I got something to tell you. It's like, I know. We're trying to get our hands on you because of your mouth already. And kind of back to the thought I was having when it's like, when he first started out, could he even perceive what lie hid? Was there any way? So you would think he's arrested, he's in Jerusalem. Not only bound in the spirit, but physically bound, that maybe this was it. Maybe this was the mountaintop for Paul. You know? I would I could just see him sitting and talking to God, saying, What a ride, God. Man. But that's not all. Paul has to go and be tried and um, one to find. Yeah. So he's in verse in chapter twenty-two, verse seventeen. It says, "After I returned to Jerusalem, I was praying in the temple and fell into a trance. I saw a vision of Jesus saying to me, uh, "Hurry, leave Jerusalem, for the people here won't accept your testimony about me.'" Here we go. Chapter 23. The discussions with Paul continue with his trials and with the crowds. So picking up 
chapter 23, verse 9, it says, So there was a great uproar. Some of the teachers of religious law who were Pharisees jumped up, began to argue forcefully. We see nothing wrong with him, they shouted. Perhaps a spirit or an angel spoke to him. As the conflict grew more violent, the commander was afraid they would tear Paul apart. So he ordered his soldiers to go and rescue him by force and take him back to the fortress. So he's got the Jews stirred up. He's got the Gentiles stirred up. Uh, he's got the officials stirred up. He's got the religious Pharisees and Sadducees stirred up and attacking one another. He's got everybody stirred up. And just in the thought of that, maybe this was the end of the road for him. So that night, the Lord appeared to Paul and said, Be encouraged, Paul. I wonder if he dove under the bed at that point. It's like, oh, no. Be encouraged for what? Be encouraged, Paul, just as you have been a witness to me here in Jerusalem. You must preach the good news in Rome as well. If you look at a map, that's not like Laverne or Bell Buckle. Jerusalem and Rome are a pretty good piece apart, particularly with the mode of transportation they've got, you know? So, smooth sailing, it's not for Paul. More trials. Uh, prison awaits, which all the letters are most, most of the letters, not all the letters, a lot of the letters that we read after Acts in the Word are written by Paul when he's in prison in Rome. So, uh, Damascus Road, 30, 13 years of, before he heads out on the first journey, so 43 Another 13 years on the three journeys before he ends up ultimately in Rome in prison. So, 56. And so he's in Rome there until, I don't know how many years that is, until we think he was finally imprisoned and then released to being kind of in his home in prison. And then we think beheaded in Rome. But he continued to write and minister to those that he had had met along the way. So here's the big ending is the conclusion is that Deo that if you say yes to the Spirit we're all bound by the Spirit. And there's a compelling constraining push that comes with that. And we don't know the whole story. We don't get it in a book up front of what that's going to look like and what that's going to involve. And why when something happens, it happens. But it's all meant to be used on your journey. Right? All of it. Paul used every bit of it. And I know as you sit and you think, I, or I do, I think about Paul being completely different from me. Like Paul's story, Paul's journey, Paul's uh, interactions, Paul's struggles, 
are completely different and at another level. And I never have been flogged or beaten for loving on somebody or passing along the word of, of grace of Christ, like Paul. But I think if we think about it and really think about our journeys, that we can see those similarities of seasons along the way. That there are seasons of struggle and there are seasons of uh, climbing and pressing. But there's also seasons of, of rest and renewal. And that as soon as we think maybe the mission we've been set out on has been accomplished, there's another. And it's portions of that mission that we've been on that are to be used for that next journey. So I just ask you to think about the connection, the binding you have with the Holy Spirit. And the way Pop started us tonight is it's not in our strength, but in Christ's strength. Paul, in his strength, no way. He knows, he says it himself along the way many times you know for the strength of Christ in me that I move and that I'm compelled and I'm bound but it's not in your strength whatever you're facing for tomorrow for next week whatever it is that you're in personally or that your relationship your friend you know is in somebody your counterpart at work is in. Um, it's on your journey. It's one of those stories that we read about. Insert your name for, for Paul, but it's Christ working through you in whatever channel or platform or connection or relationship that we have. And so the takeaway I would ask is, is to lean in. It's like, how can I lean in like Paul to that spirit? I know in my strength I can't do it. Whatever it is that the spirit's asking of me, that I have to lean into the spirit. So how can I do that? How can I lean into the spirit for the next word, for the next drink of renewal, for the refreshment, for the next uh, mission. But it's a continuing conversation because if you maybe are finishing a mission of sorts and you think the chapter's closed, it's not. And if you're starting out on a mission along with somebody and think maybe it's the last one, it won't be, most likely. I think I'll just wrap it up there. I'm going to read that scripture we started with 
one more time, 2022. I'll read that to you as the folks that are going to lead us in worship are coming up to uh, worship us out. Then I'll, then I'll pray over us. It says, now, back, going back to Acts 20, verse 22. And now I am bound by the Spirit to go. And I don't know what awaits me, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that suffering lies ahead. But don't forget the other verse too, which is be encouraged. You're not alone. Holy Spirit's with you. All right. All right, I'm going to pray over us. Uh, if anybody's compelled to, to hold the elements, I'll let, let you do that. If not, help yourself over to the table. Father, thank you for just the opportunity.